with that, I'm going to start off by reading a passage of scripture here. And uh, it's Romans 8, 25, or 15 to 24. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For a spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are the heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share this glory, we must also share in the suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the joy that we will receive later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal, to who, reveal who his children really are. Against his will, all creation was subject to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of the future glory. For how long? For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. Uh, this last weekend, um, from Thursday to uh, Saturday, I thought that I was going on a quadding trip and I got my dates mixed up. I was supposed to be going uh, with my brother and a whole bunch of other people to Tulamine, which is just outside of uh, Princeton. And this is a trip that I've gone on twice before with my dad. Play video now, just joking. <laughs> um, went with my dad before. Um, it's a group of his buddies from his church, and uh, they have a cabin up there. One of the people from the church has a cabin. And for, I think, probably like the last 10 years, on the Father's Day weekend, which this year is actually a weekend late, and they all, the fathers and dads from the church, the grown-up adult ones, go out there and go quadding, and they'll have like 20 or 30 guys on quads, and they just spend three days just having a blast together. And many great stories from that, and I was anticipating that I'm going to go on this trip, and I'm going to come back here. I'm going to have some awesome illustrations to share with you guys about, you know, quads tumbling and people flying and stuck in the mud and all the rest of that stuff. So, sorry, no stories. It's next weekend. But anyhow, there is one key thing that I wanted to bring up with that. And that story is, like I said, um, this is my dad's trip. I'm going on this trip this week. I'll be using my dad's quad, because I just bought that off my mom with his rain gear, his helmet, his tools, his chainsaws, his radios and GPS and all that stuff, completely outfit. I'm going to be going and hanging out with his friends from his church. I'm going to be going on his turf, the areas that he knows so well. And in essence, I'm going to be taking on the image of my father, looking just like him. I believe that that is the ultimate compliment for a father, for their children to follow in their footsteps, to take on their image, to look like them. I believe that in the same way, the ultimate compliment that we could ever give our Heavenly Father is to do the same thing. To mirror his image, but unlike clothing and a quad and any exterior experiences that, or exterior presentation that we may have, God's not looking for those exterior qualities that he wants us to mirror in. 
He's looking for those internal qualities, those things that nobody else can see, those things that are hidden in our hearts, that he wants us to change and to renew, to become more like him. We've all been created in God's image, but it's our hearts, it's our minds that will save us. It's not our images or our outward appearance. Thankfully, God doesn't wait for us to transform in our hearts or our minds or even externally before he decides to choose us as his children. Ephesians 1, I think I'm through the hard part now, we'll see how it goes. Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 4, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has been blessed who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And he did this before we were even born. On Father's Day, we're going to recognize all the fathers here. We realize that there are many children here that may not have a father or fathers that they, that they do have are filled with faults. Uh, maybe beyond the ability for us to even forgive in some situations. However, each one of us has a Heavenly Father who has adopted us as his own, as his Abba Father, who has given us a place at his feet, an equal inheritance, a Father who loves us, who cares for us in all things in ways that we cannot fathom, understand, or even recognize. Now, on myself, I grew up as a middle child. I had an older brother and a younger sister. And uh, my sister was three years older. But when we grew up and got old uh, and decided that it was time to move on with our lives and uh, become individuals, uh, my parents realized that they had an empty nest. And they came up with an unusual way of dealing with that. They decided that they'd bring two more children into their home. So they decided that they wanted to adopt um, two kids that were brother and sister from somewhere overseas or outside of Canada. And they got involved in a process with an adoption agency and eventually they were linked up with two kids uh, who are now my brother and sister, Adriana and Jonathan. And at that time they were nine and ten years old and my parents had to go down to Costa Rica and go through the whole adoption process and finally bring them home. My parents did everything that they can, could to help raise them with a strong Christian bringing and a solid home. They went uh, for a Christian school education and my parents truly loved on them in every way that they knew how. I know that there's adopted children in our church. I can think of at least four little ones in the last few years that we've had that have been adopted. And it's an amazing gift. Uh, some of those children have been adopted locally, some of them overseas, and some of them out of the United States. But these children didn't do anything themselves to be adopted. It wasn't who they were or any actions that they took. For them, they were just infants. They were just children in need of a home and in need of a father and a mother. As a bonus, they got brothers and sisters in most of the situations, I believe all. But as a bonus also, when we join the family of God, we are surrounded with all of our brothers and sisters sitting here in this room and around the whole globe. When an adoptive parent chooses to take on the responsibilities to raise a child that is not their own, they don't have a clue what the future holds. They don't know how that child's going to turn out. And they can do everything in their power and in their knowledge and ability and wisdom that God's given them to raise those children up. But ultimately, they have little control of what the decisions that that child makes down the road. My adopted brother, um, he's made a lot of bad choices. And he's set himself up for a lifetime of, it, life, a lifetime of addiction and brokenness. And he continually hurts 
the ones around him that love him so much. Um, had my parents known the heartache that would come, how difficult things would be, and where things would lead, they may have made a different decision as they see this child grow up and make these poor choices. I would hope not, and I hope that somehow things could be differently, but they are where they are. Um, however, with God, he knows both our end and our beginning. He chose us before we even took a step on this earth. He knew every single thing that we were going to mess up, every single thing that we were going to screw up along the way. And no matter what, even when he knew that, he still made the decision that he wanted to adopt us. As we follow Christ, we have all, as followers of Christ, we have all been adopted by the Father. No matter where you're from, no matter how lost you were, or no matter what is in your past, he adopts us. If you have chosen him, he will wash away your past, and in, in an instant, he will call you his child. As his adopted children, we do not need to do anything. He accepts us for who we are. I find it interesting that when you think about uh, adopted children, you don't have someone going around using the term that, you know, hey, this is my adopted brother, or this is my adopted son. You never introduce a child like that. They are just your child. And yet, you see in a family where you have two blended families come together, they'll refer to their child as this is my stepson. Maybe not long term, or maybe depending on how young they are, but oftentimes that's how things start. And over time, they may become, be called their child or their son or their daughter as that relationship builds and grows. But God calls us immediately his children. There's no other term. There's don't call just like we would call our father-in-law or our mother-in-law. There's no in-law. There's no, no thing added to it. It is just very simply, we are his child. When God adopts us, he doesn't need a special term. Just as he calls Jesus his son, he calls us his sons and daughters. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And John 1, verse 12, to all who believe him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. Although we are spiritual babies the moment we become Christians, although we have so much to learn and so much growth to face, he takes on full adoption. It's the difference between justification and sanctification. If you don't really know what those terms are, justification is simply um, just as if I had never sinned. Immediately, the slate is wiped clean. Sanctification is what follows. But sanctification is the change in us as we continue to grow and change and become more and more like the image of the Father and the example that God, that Jesus laid out for us when he walked on the earth. When we go through an adoption process here on earth to look for a child, it is a long process. We have to get approval from the government. We go through interviews and background checks. We have to go through some training. There's a huge amount of expense tied to it, tens of thousands of dollars sometimes to be able to find a child. On the other side of the world, there's a child that's identified for needing adoption, and they get put in foster homes, and they get determined if they're suitable, and they try and match up the two people and bring them together. The government organization, once they've done that match, will come to you and say, hey, we think you found someone. And as an adoptive parent, your options are to choose that child, oftentimes having never seen them, known anything about them, or to say, no, we're going to wait for someone else. All you're given is just a short little bio to be able to make a decision. 
Um, the parents have to travel across the country where they go for more interviews, they face more red tape, more government hurdles that they have to jump through. And as they go through this process, it drags on. They finally get there to meet the child. They get to meet him once, and then sometimes they have to go back a second day or a third day till they finally are said, okay, now you can take the child home. I know from my parents, I think they had to stay in Costa Rica for another week or two before they were actually finished all the process and able to come back to Canada. They come back to Canada, and now they have to go through the government red tape of actually fulfilling the legal adoption portion of that. And then even once the legal adoption portion is done, they still have to become Canadian citizens. There's a process there. And then from there, of course, they have to have follow-up interviews with the government for a while, over a year, to make sure that they're doing well and that the kids are doing well and they talk to them both. And it is a big process. Adoption by God is in no way resembles that. The cost for God, first of all, was infinitely more. He had to have his son die on a cross. There's no red tape. There's nothing to delay things. It's instantaneous. The moment that we choose to believe, the moment we say that sinner's prayer, the moment that we ask God for forgiveness, we are immediately children of God. We are immediately adopted by him. 100% and in full. There's no intermediaries. There's no one in between standing in our way. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through a government agent. We don't have to get any paperwork signed. Again, instantaneous. And there's no follow-up interviews. God doesn't say, oh, things aren't going so well here. You know, uh, I know you believe, but you know, you're nearly not moving along quite as fast as I hoped. You know, you've made a few blunders in the last year. We're, I think I'm going to step out of this little, little agreement. There's nothing like that. God accepts us for who we are, as long as we continue to believe in him. Now, it's pretty cool that we're adopted, but I think it's even more amazing to know that he went to the even further extreme than that. He made each and every one of us full heirs in the kingdom of heaven. Romans 8, verse 17. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory and in the New International Version states, now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. 1 Peter 1, verse 3 to 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he gave us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Another major difference with our Heavenly Father's adoption is that although the adopted child becomes a part of the family and will receive an inheritance, an earthly inheritance often comes with a loss. Or to receive an inheritance, a parent has to pass away. And yet, Romans 8, verse 23 states, we can wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us the full rights, the full inheritance as his adopted children. There's no loss. There's nothing to overshadow this. God faced that loss when he saw his son die on the cross. He did that for us so that the only thing we have to look forward to is the knowledge that we will face an eternity with him. As his children, we are receiving equal inheritance. Salvation an eternal life, an inheritance that is stored up in heaven for us, an inheritance that will not perish, an inheritance that is equal to that of his own son, an earthly inheritance that is something that we can rely on. I'm sorry, an earthly inheritance is not something that we can rely on. 
We may think we're going to get an inheritance from our parents, from our family. Some people may get a bigger inheritance depending on how their family does, how financially well-off they are. Some parents may choose not to give any money to their children or may give some to one and none to another. They may decide to donate it all to charity. We know with God, it is there, it is waiting for us. It is 100% assured as long as we stay with him. As As Chris spoke about last week, we are all part of the body of Christ, a priesthood of believers. Whether we look at the Apostle Paul or the thief on the cross, the inheritance is equal. It doesn't matter who we are, where we come from, the inheritance is equal. Revelations 21 verse 7, all who are victorious will inherit eternal life. I will be their God and they will be my children. I know that there's lots of people here whose fathers have passed on. There are some here that, uh, for some that was many years ago. For you, the image of your father fills you with an emptiness and a loss at times. I also know there are many people whose fathers uh, failed them and your relationships are broken. And for even those of us that have fathers that are here still with us, those fathers are bound to make mistakes. They're bound to stumble along the way and disappoint us. Many of us may have those good relationships, but even still, as fathers, as myself as a father, I'll fail. I will not do 100% for my kids all the time. I cannot. However, for every one of us, the moment we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, his death on the cross, we became his adopted children, brothers and sisters in the heavenly family of believers. And each one of us is brothers and sisters together in the body of Christ. And I know that we do that so well here as we care for each other, and I've seen examples of that, of people within our church caring for those that are struggling, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through support or help or financial. We have an amazing body of believers here that we're blessed to be a part of. And that body of believers doesn't just extend here, it doesn't extend in the Will Apart Network. It extends around the world, and it is an amazing blessing that we can be a part of that. Ephesians 1 verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us for those who belong to his dear son. God is our father, our Abba father. God chose us before we were born and adopted us without question, the moment that we choose to believe. As his adopted children, we are all co-heirs with Christ. We're equal. And we receive the ultimate inheritance. I talked earlier about about justification and sanctification. The reality is that we are all part of the same branches, the same tree, the same root. It's like being grafted, being grafted in. And the moment that we believe, the moment we say that prayer, we're taken away from the world. We are no longer part of the world, even though we are in it. And we are grafted onto that new branch, the tree of life. And the moment we are grafted, we are fully adopted and we are fully invested in everything that tree is a part of. That's what being justified is. Now, we all know that that branch is going to have to grow. It's going to have to mend itself. It's going to have to establish itself, connect to the Father, connect to that root system. But the reality is that even though we have to continue that sanctification process, as long as we stay grounded in him, we are part of him. We may have some limbs or some branches as a part of us that need to be pruned. We may need to get fertilizer, get extra sun or some extra water, some nutrition, whatever happens to be. But 
we will all continue to be a part of him. We will continue to grow as long as we stay connected. In closing, I'm just going to read a section of scripture here. From uh, John chapter 15, starting at verse 1. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine and doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. We close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have adopted us as your children, as co-heirs in Christ, that you are willing to take us as broken as we are with all of our faults, with all of our lumps and bruises, and you are able to accept us, that you chose us and foreknew us before we were even born. Father, we thank you that you are the ultimate father, the father that loves and cares for his children in ways that we could never humanly imagine. We thank you that we are able to receive that inheritance of eternal life and to look forward with joy and with happiness the day that we will be able to be back with you. We just pray now that as we go forward today, uh, we celebrate the fathers in our lives, the people that have influenced us. Just, Father, that we would continue to reflect on you and thank you so much for who you are and what you've done for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.